0: O sinul kham na ira bi mei hoyse Oioi yo 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 i vekoveso O sinul kham na wa ira bi mei shilay men Oioi yo 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 i vekoveso O sinul kham no ye do ishe Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming. Um, tonight's shir, tonight's class, has been dedicated by Rebbe Lazar Frankel. And this is in honor of, first his grandfather's yard site, that is going to be on Shabbos, the 19th of Sivan. Chanoi chenach b'meshulim Ol olavashalim. And also his father's yard site, which comes out two days later, on the 21st of Sivan, Chaf'al of Sivan, Meshulim Zalman Ben Reb Chanoy May Hashem elevate their souls to the greatest, greatest, greatest of heights, higher and higher and then higher, and may they both channel lots of brachas to you, to your family, for all that you want and all that you need, and then some extra, with abundance, 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 abundance. Uh, this is the perfect week to dedicate a shir or something for someone, um, for a neshama, because that's the whole meaning of the name of the is When you will light, when you will elevate the lamps, when you will lift up the lamps, the lamps are the souls. So what a week, what a week, what a shus. be a big aliyah's neshama for him. The next dedication this week, this is on the CD for the Abitan family. For sponsoring this week's CD. And they made and they sponsored this CD in honor of their very, very special father, a very dear friend of mine, and I would say a pillar in this community. Someone who added so much energy and 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 life, just life to this community. Our dear friend Mayor Abitan Olav Vashalom passed away a few years ago suddenly. Mayor Ben Shlomo Olav Ashalem and Chafal of Sivan. Next Monday, Sunday night, will be his site. May his neshama have the greatest aliyah. And may he already have completed the work up there, corresponding to the work we're doing down here, for the final push of the redemption. Because that, that is and always was the energy and the thrust in Meir abitan. So the Abisha should give him already what he desires so much, the final redemption. Um, and, and a lot, a lot, a lot of big, big blessings to the entire Abitan family. It's all in the package. It should all come in, a, in, a, in the revealed good. Thank you. Okay, we're about to begin the class on Parsha's Bahaloisha. So the Parsha begins with a mitzvah of lighting the menorah. Bahaloishcha It's a commandment to light the menorah. And there's three verses, or I would say four psukim, in the beginning of the parasha through pasuk Dalid, talking about lighting the menorah. First verse is Hashem speaks to Moshe saying, "That's not pasuk Aleph." Pasuk Bey says, Daber al speak to Aaron, "Vamar When you will, when you will raise the lamps, when you will kindle the lamps, You should make sure that you light them that all the six side flames should be tilting towards the center of the menorah. There is the middle part of the menorah, which is, the menorah had seven branches, seven lamps. So this seven-branched candelabra, all the lamps should be tilting towards the middle. That's the second possible. Third pasik is that Aaron did so. Layas kein Aaron, when he, Aaron the high priest, when he, when he lit the menorah, he did it the appropriate way towards the center of the menorah, Helena, he lifted or he raised the lamps. When he lit it, he kindled it in a way he, that it should all burn towards the middle. That's the third verse. And finally, the fourth pasuk is, suddenly the pasuk tells us, this is the work of the menorah. Meaning, this is the way the menorah was made or needed to be made. Miksha, it was hammered out, Zohav out of gold. That means the menorah was not put together from different pieces. The menorah was one piece of gold. It was chiseled out from one piece of gold. Ad yerecha, ad pircha, from its main, yerecha is its, yerecha actually means its uh, hip, which is the, from its base, yerecha is its base, the bottom of the menorah. At pircha, until the tiny little flower, meaning from the, as Rashi explains, it means, from the most largest part of the menorah to the most smallest detail it was all had to be hammered out from one piece of gold in the way that God showed Moshe so the menorah was made fine those are the first four psukim in this week's parsha dealing with the menorah and for that the entire parsha is called which means when you will light the lamps the rest of the parsha doesn't talk at all about lighting lamps the question I have for you tonight is as follows. This is a question that the Abar Benel asks, and the Alshech asks, and the Orachay Ma'kodesh asks. So we have four, three of the great, 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 great commentators great, who asked the question. We understand now, for whatever reason, the Torah is telling us the mitzvah of lighting the menorah. Now Rashi actually explains why it was stated over here, because this comes in continuation to last week where in the end of the parasha it speaks about the inauguration sacrifices that the princes of each tribe brought. Every day another prince brought certain karbonis, certain offerings for the inauguration of the tabernacle of the Mishkan. And Rashi says that Aaron felt bad that he was not participating. Shevet Levi did not have an inauguration day. The the Levites did not have a day where they were the ones that were uh, inaugurating the Mishkan so they felt bad and Aaron felt bad so Hashem told him don't feel bad because even though they are inaugurating the, the, the mezbeach but you light the menorah every day that's what Rashi explains and lighting the menorah for whatever reason is superior and that's why the Torah puts this mitzvah over here good I get it the question however they ask again the Al Shech Barbanel, the Arachayim is the, verse number 4 Pasuk Dalet seems to be out of place what's Pasuk Dalet doing over here we're talking about the mitzvah to light the menorah And again, the main, the main commandment that the Torah is telling us The Torah is not telling us much detail about lighting the menorah That's already discussed, we're going to get to it In different places in the Torah Where it talks about the mitzvah in all of its detail Here the Torah gives us one detail about the menorah When you light the menorah, make sure that all the lamps are sent are pointing towards the center They're all burning towards the middle That's the commandment So if that's what you want to tell me, fine where does the, the fourth verse come over here, which tells you that the menorah has to be hammered out of one piece. The making of the menorah has been discussed already earlier in Parshas Teruma. In Parshas Truma, in all the way in Exodus, and in, in Shemos, over there the Torah talks about constructing a mishkan, and it tells us how to construct all the vessels, and it tells us about the menorah, and it actually says over there that it has to be hammered out of one piece of gold. Fine. Where and how does this verse about the making, that the menorah has to be made out of one piece, how does that end up over here? Again, how the story about lighting the menorah ends up over here, the commandment about lighting it, that we know already. Because that is coming to comfort Aaron, the high priest, why he wasn't participating in the, in the, whatever, in the other sacrifices. So we're telling him, this is your mitzvah, this is very special. Okay, but how does this detail and, about the menorah being one menorah, what is it doing over here in Pasha's Baha'u'llowsha? The interesting thing is, is, it's a simple question, and it's a question that if anybody's reading with a little concentration, it will pop out right at you. Why? What's this doing over here? It seems out of place. And Rashi is silent. Rashi doesn't say anything about it. And we know that Rashi is our clarifier. He clarifies every problem that we have when we learn Chumash, And if Rashi doesn't say something, it's because Rashi knows you'll figure it out on your own. So there must be something over here of why Rashi doesn't say anything about this big question, about what's this Pasuk doing over here. Now, Ramban, Nachmanides, offers an answer, even though he doesn't specifically really ask the question explicitly, what's it doing over here, but he kind of answers it without asking the question. He says, the reason, v'tam Mikra, the reason we have this Pasuk over here, is because this verse is teaching you a new halacha. What's the halacha it's teaching you? A new law, a very important thing. That this mitzvah that we're supposed to, the menorah needs to be hammered out of one piece. It's a one-piece menorah. It can't be put together from different pieces. It has to be one chunk, one original piece. Is something that is applicable for all future generations. In other words, even though in Parshat Truma it told us initially when we built the mishkan, that it, the menorah it tells us about all the vessels of the of the all the all the vessels that were in the tabernacle in the mishkan, and over there it gave you the mitzvah that the menorah needs to be made out of one piece. So we might think that that's only the initial menorah that was initially built by Moshe in the mishkan, but in the future generations when you'll make a new menorah, doesn't you don't have to keep that menorah for whatever reason? If that menorah did not last its way, and they're going to make a new menorah for your future generations. You might think that the menorah does not have to be from one piece, that that detail is not important, because it, it, it does say that the menorah doesn't have to be made with all the details that it says. It's only for the mishkan that it had to have all those, a certain amount of flowers, and a certain amount of, the, of, of they had designs that looked like, um, like, uh, like, uh, well, like, like cups, like cups. And so on. That was for the first mishkan. Not every menorah needed to be made necessarily like that. Even this that it needs to be made out of gold Is not an absolute thing If they didn't have a gold menorah They can use a menorah made out of wood It didn't have to But the first menorah, yeah Which Hashem told Moshe about it later But the Torah wants to tell you That there's one thing that's an absolute must in the menorah It can't be a menorah put together from pieces It can't be an assembled menorah Whichever material you're going to use It has to be hammered out from one piece That's an absolute must and that's why the Torah teaches you, that's what Ramban tells us, that's the significance of why the Pasuk says, Tasa samanayra, this special verse is telling us that halach. Okay, wonderful. Nachmanides gives us an answer. We probably can say that maybe Rashi intends a simple answer like that as well. Is that this verse is needed to teach you that this would apply for future generations. The problem with saying that in Rashi is twofold. Number one, if we go back and we remember when we learned Pasha's turuma, it says right at the beginning, in Parshas Truma, right at the beginning of the Parsha, it says um, that you should do everything the way I am going to show you. V'chein tasu. You remember, everybody remembers the Pasuk? V'asu li migdash v'shachanti b'socham. Make for me a migdash, a sanctuary, and I'm going to live amongst you. And then it says over there, do it the way I will show, I will show you. V'chein tasu. And so you should do. So Rashi says explicitly over there, That those extra words, and so you should do, is teaching you. That for all future generations, whenever you're going to make vessels, you should make them similar to the vessels I'm showing you now. So Rashi clearly is of the opinion that the future vessels are supposed to be imitations or carbon copies of the first one. And therefore we can say that that special halacha that it needs to be hammered, is something that we know already according to Rashi from Pasha's Truma. so the pasuk would not have to have repeated it the verse would not have to have repeated this halacha over here another thing another reason why according to Rashi we can't accept that that's the reason why it says it is because this itself that it ha- that, what, what, what is Ramban saying? what is Nachman Ali saying? his chiddush is that this is for future generations it also needs to be done this way well this halacha itself should have been said in the Parsha of the menorah the parasha of the menorah is stated already earlier in Pasha's Truma, where it speaks about making the menorah. So over there, it, or I'll give you another one in Pasha's Tetzaveh, right after Truma, parasha Tetzaveh, the Torah tells you about the mitzvah of lighting the menorah, and it tells you how to take shemen zayizach, take pure olive oil. Over there, the Torah should have told you already this thing. That so it should be made for all generations. It has to be hammered out. Could have said it earlier. And if you're not going to say it in Shemois, for whatever reason, then you had, the Torah had another chance. When? In Parsha's Emor, in Leviticus, and Vayikra. In Parsha's Emor, just a few weeks ago, there is a Parsha over there, an entire, par- meaning a Parsha, meaning a, a paragraph, where the Torah speaks about the mitzvah of lighting the lamps. How the mitzvah is a daily mitzvah, and it tells Aaron how he's supposed to light the, mana- the lamps on a, cl- on a menorah at whatever the, the, the verse says. Pa- and it's called, Rashi refers to that Parsha, Parsha is the That's the main Parsha of kindling the menorah, is in Parsha's Emor. Okay? And over there it says specifically, Lidoro seichem, that this commandment is for all generations. Again, in the Pasuk in Parsha's Emor, it says, Lidoro seichem for all generations. If that's the case, if Emor is coming to teach you that for all generations, so over there the Torah should have added that one word, miksha, make it hammered. So you will also know that for all generations, the menorah must be a hammered menorah. Why would this halacha wait until over here in Parshas Baal in Numbers, in this uh, third Parsha in Baal and over here suddenly, with a halacha, that the menorah for all generations has to be hammered out? That's the question. So, let's explore this a little further. I am I, going to tell you something. This class today is a little technical at the beginning, and, but it's very rich. Very rich, so don't don't. don't, don't it's, it's worth it a little bit. This is Torah. Torah, you gotta you know. We just got the Torah on shoes. Gotta apply your mind. You gotta apply your brain. Don't fall asleep on me over here. Listen in, enjoy. Because the reason I'm giving this class, it's interesting. I'm not going to be talking about Mashiach. I don't want to disappoint uh, 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 um, over here. <laughs> I'm not talking about Mashiach tonight, and everybody's. Uh, but, but the answer is, it's not because. Mashiach is off my mind. It's never off my mind. <laughs> I am not talking about Mashiach because the entire class is Moshiach. Why? Because what are we going to do after Mashiach comes? After Moshiach comes, what's, what's Mashiach? Mashiach is the pleasure of Torah. Till now, we're busy with other stuff. When Mashiach comes, everything is going to change. We're not going to have to be busy with anything. We're going to be able to marinate in Torah. And that kind of Torah study is going to be pleasurable. So tonight we have a little taste of Moshiach because if you pay attention tonight... You will enter into a deep, deep, deep pleasurable state. It's very, very rich. So this Torah in its, with its delight, even if it's a bit technical at the beginning. The Orachayim HaKadosh, okay, one of the great commentators, he suggests an answer of why the Torah has to tell you over here in Pasha's Baal Oizcha, that the menorah has to be made out of one piece. Even though it stated it already, as we said earlier in Pasha's Truma, it says already the menorah has to be made out of one. Piece. He says, because when you get to this the Baalos, and you read the verses that we just read, this might give you an impression that the menorah, the future menorah doesn't have to be made out of one piece. In other words, he's going similar to the Nachmanides, that we're talking about that if for future generations, the menorah needs to always be one piece. But he gives an extra reason why we would think now, why we would think that for future, from something the pasuk said over here, this would, might give us an impression that the future menorah for future generations does not have to be for one piece. Why? Because he, based on many questions that he has, he has a very interesting interpretation of what means, esaneros. Let's, let's translate the word. What does mean? When you will raise up. Bahalosha means to lift up which is not the usual word you use for lighting, a, for lighting a lamp. It should say, the Hebrew word for lighting a lamp should be bahad when you will light. Follow? Madlik, when we light Shabbos candles, we say lahadlik Ner shel I think that's what you say, because I don't say it. And I think lahad er Or the Hanukkah, or the Hanukkah menorah, we say lahadlik N'er shel Okay? So lahadlik means to light. Lahalos means to bring up. So what's the bringing up? So the Arachayim says it's a very interesting pirush. It's not referring to the actual kindling. It's not referring to kindling. He says an interesting thing. He says the menorah was a candelabra, right? It had a 7 branch candelabra. It had a center middle and then three branches coming out on each side. As we said earlier, it was made out of one piece of gold. Beautiful. There was only one part that was attached that was not part of the menorah. And that was on the top. The actual cups where the oil went in, these were removable cups. It would screw it on and screw it off. And, and the, the lamps. So therefore, he says, that the actual thing is that every day when they lit the menorah, they would take the lamps off and screw it off, clean it, put in whatever it is and then they would put it back on and they would screw it on okay they would put the and that's the meaning of bahaloischa eshanerois neirois are not the flames neirois are the cups the lamps the cups of it so bahaloischa eshanerois means when you our own high priest will assemble the menorah every day by doing what by putting on the lamps actually screwing on the lamps that he's going to put on these seven lamps on the top Then, what's his mitzvah? He has to make sure that the lamps are put on in a way that they're tilting a little little bit towards the middle. That's the commandment. We're not talking about the wicks. We're not talking about the flames. We're talking about the cups. And that's why he doesn't use the word because we're not talking about lighting. We're talking about putting on the cups. When you put on the cups which are detached. So therefore, once you're hearing that what? When you're reading these verses, you're hearing That what? That the upper lamps were not, even though they're part of the menorah, they're still detached. And every day you put them on, that might give you an impression that perhaps the rest of the menorah doesn't either have to be a one piece. So that's why once the Torah just mentioned this, whole process of screwing on the, these, these pieces, it needs to come back and emphasize. You should know that for all generations you have to make a one-piece menorah. It can't be a, an assembled menorah. In other words, even though we know already in Parsha Truma that it said initially when Gashem told Bitzalel, Moshe, to tell Bitzalel to make the menorah <coughs> it needed to be out of one piece of gold you might think that that's the oris- original menorah. But the menorah of the future, future when you're gonna, if you're for whatever reason you're going to make a new menorah, it doesn't have to be from one piece, why would you think so? Because in this week's parasha it speaks about neirois, adding neirois to the menorah, adding lamps to the menorah, which are really part of the menorah, yet they're separated. That might give you the false impression that the menorah could be an assembled menorah. Therefore, the Torah has to tell you here, after these p'sukim, no, the zemasa menorah, the menorah must be one chunk of, 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 of gold. That's his explanation. Again, let's see if we could say Rashi probably thought the same thing. Again, it doesn't work for Rashi. It's a very nice peerage for the Arachayim, but this will not cover Rashi for not explaining it, for a simple reason. Rashi explicitly does not learn Bahalos means when you will turn, put up the lamps. Again, the Orachayim has a very unique way of understanding what it means Baaloyz Chesan It doesn't mean kindling the menorah. It means screwing on the lamps. Oh, now we might say Rashi also learned that way. But Rashi, and by the way, the Cheskuni, who's another one of the Mufor on, on, on Chumash, in his second pirush, learns the same like the Urachayim. It's a chidush, it's a beautiful pirush. Baaloyz Chesan is not talking about lighting the menorah, it's talking about putting on the lamps every day, which are separate pieces. Why doesn't it work for Rashi? It doesn't work for Rashi because Rashi has a different interpretation. What means "bahalosha. Rashi doesn't say bhaloscha when you put on the lamps. Rashi says bhaloscha is referring to the flames. If so, why doesn't it say when you will light it? Why does it say Bahalosha when you will lift it up? So Rashi says you have to wait until the flames until the flames really catch on. Because when you light up when you light a fire, you know you put one you put one you put a you put a candle to another candle. It's like for a second, both wicks will, will burn. The second wick, but it doesn't mean that the second wick caught fire, that it's burning itself, it's having its own Bahaloushah. Halav oyleh. The flame is rising on its own. So the Pasik is that's why the Basak is saying that you have to stand there and wait until it really catches on. So you see clearly from this that Rashi is learning that Baha'uisha is not referring to screwing on the lambs. No, but actually means putting up the flames. If that's the case, why then would you have thought, in any reason, that the menorah could be made up of many pieces? There's, why would you have thought it over here? There's nothing in our in our verses that would provoke that thought. That needs to be that needs to be um, that needs to be emphasized. Or okay. says. According to his interpretation, yes, it needs to be emphasized But not according to Rashi Okay, so we're left with that question and let me review the question Again, what's our question? We tried to resolve it by giving answers from both from Nachmanides, Ramban and Roy Rachayim. It doesn't work for Rashi What's the question? The Torah is telling you a mitzvah here to light the menorah And about lighting the menorah, that you have to make sure that the lamps are shining towards the middle and then suddenly out of nowhere we're talking about a menorah being made out of one piece. That's the question. What's Pasuk Dalid doing over here in the midst of Parshas Baloscha? It doesn't belong here. If anything, it belongs in Parshas Truma or in Parshas Emor. Where in those two Parshas you're also speaking about the menorah in the midst of lighting lamps. It doesn't belong over here. Now the next question. And here is the next question. Simple question. What is the mitzvah that is discussed in the beginning of Parshas Balayischa? What's the mitzvah? The mitzvah is when you light the menorah, make sure that they're all burning towards the middle. So you would think that what does that mean? Take all the take all the um, the wicks, tilt them towards the middle, and that's a new mitzvah that we don't know. But that's also not new. We go to Parshas. I take out my Chomish to say for Shemois. And we open up Parsha's Truma. Initially, the Parsha that talks about the construction, the making of the menorah. And we look at Perek Chavhei, Pasuk Lamed Zion, chapter 25, verse 37. Look what it says. After it finishes telling you about making the menorah, it says, You should make its lamps. Shiva Make seven lamps This by the way Is one of the proofs Of the Oyrachayim That the lamps Were made separately They're not one piece Because after the Torah Finished telling you About the menorah Then afterwards It says make the lamps So the lamps again Are the cups That go on the top Good Vasisas Ne reiseh Shiva You should make the lamps Seven of them Veheles ne reiseh And you should put up Those lamps Veheir They should shine Al eiver panel To the side of its face so what does that mean that you should put up the lamps that they should shine towards the side of its face? So Rashi explains in Parshas Truma, it means that initially when he constructed the lamps, he was to make a certain groove in the lamps so that the wick, when the wick will protrude from the lamp, the wick will be bent automatically, or or rather, or I don't know if it's a groove in in the in the in the thing, but to build it in a way should make the lamps in a way that they're tilting towards the center. The three lamps on the, on the, on the west side should be going towards the middle. The three lamps in the, in the east side should be going towards the center. They're both going towards the center. Rashi says over there, it's not the, in Parshas Truma, it's not the mitzvah of lighting the menorah. It's not talking about lighting the menorah. It's talking about making the menorah. But Rashi says, why is the Torah telling you this here? Because Rashi's saying, because the Torah wants to tell you that the menorah has to be made originally in a way that when you put those lamps on, they're tilting towards the center. If that's the case, we have already been told in Parshas Truma, the mitzvah, that everything is supposed to shine towards the middle. The heyer al aver panah, that all six lamps, or all six, should all be towards the seventh lamp the one that's in the middle. So this mitzvah has also been already stated in Parsha's Truma. There is nothing new in Parsha's Baaloscha about lamps. The one thing it tells you is that when you light, tell Arav, when you light the menorah, make sure they're all burning towards the middle. But it's that that was said already earlier. That was said already in, in Parsha's Truma that when you light, so there's no chiddish. And even though Rashi really asked, you think about it, Rashi already asked us, what is this parsha Bahalosha doing over here in Bamidbar? But Rashi only asked, seeming to say Rashi is like saying, I don't need this verse. Rashi's not asking why it's stated. Rashi's only Rashi seems to be understanding why it's stated. The, the essential verse is needed. And Rashi is only explaining why it's next to last week's Parsha. What's the connection of last week's inauguration of the Mishkan to this commandment? So Rashi says, that is because Aaron was feeling bad, like we said earlier, and Hashem comforted him, telling him that he's going to have this great mitzvah. Okay, fine. But Rashi's not asking the question, why do we even need this whole thing? Rashi doesn't say anything about that. Is a sign that Rashi felt that the essential need is needed. The essential verse to teach you this mitzvah. But this mitzvah stated earlier already. It's stated already. You might answer, hear this. Or, to make the question much stronger, not only is it unnecessary, but the whole content of the commandment doesn't make any sense. What are you commanding, Aro? When you light the menorah, light the menorah, that it should be burning towards the middle. That's the whole thing. The whole two verses over here is telling you one halach. When you light the menorah, light them towards the middle. But there's no other way to light them if already when you made the menorah it was made tilted already at the construction of the menorah it was a tilted menorah it's, I don't know, slightly tilted somehow it's made that the neyrois themselves the cups themselves when you put them on the menorah are tilting towards the middle if that's already if, if that is already there in the construction what are you telling me now a story I have a mitzvah to light it towards the middle what kind of mitzvah is it? it's it's done it's automatic. When you light the menorah, it will be towards the middle. That question is asked by Sefer Divrei David. Divrei David is the Taz. One of the great commentaries on Shulchan Arach. So he asked that question. What's the content of this commandment? There's no commandment here. To answer the question. Rashi is very careful. If you look carefully on Rashi, Rashi an- answers this question when we took a look in the words in the verse of Rashi over here I want to show you when it says over here that you should light it towards the middle hear these words Pashas, let me get you the Pasuk hold on yeah um, hold on hold on hold on we're going to get to there hold on Rashi says hold it I'm sorry I went here I went too far um, hear these words Ya iru shiva sanerois el let me read Rashi El mul neir amtsoi towards the middle, towards the middle one, she'enoi bekanim. That's not on the branches. Towards the middle one, El beguf shal only the middle branch fine. Ya'iru shiva Sanero is here well. Shishal shal sheishes akanim. The other six lamps that are on the six branches. Shloishah mizrachim poynim Mulam Tsoi. The three ones on the right are directed towards the middle. But here Rashi adds these two words. Here, hear these words very carefully. shall shalahem. <laughs> They're wicks. Rashi adds two words. He doesn't just say the neiros; he says the wicks. V'chein <laughs> shloysha Also the western ones. Here Rashi adds again two words. Rashi Hapsilois, <laughs> The tops of the wicks. Lemulam <laughs> tzai should be towards the middle. By Rashi adding these two words, three words about the wicks, Rashi is giving you the answer. What is he telling you? Even though we learned in Pasha's Truma already that the menorah is made that the lamps themselves are tilting towards the middle, there is another mitzvah, and that mitzvah is upon the one who's lighting the menorah, that is Aaron. In addition to the menorah having a tilted lamp towards the middle, Aaron has to take each, each wick and tilt them a little bit towards the middle. So the menorah's lights are all facing the middle because of two reasons. Number one, it's from the construction initially. The menorah is constructed where the lamps are, built, are, are, are shining towards the middle. That's number one. Number two, you also have to take the wicks and tilt them towards the middle. That you see from Rashi now if that's the case also oh, now we understand now we understand really well what is new over here and what is the mitzvah you can't tell me that this happens automatically or this is set, stated in Pasha Truma. in Pasha Truma, it says make a menorah that's tilting towards the middle in our Parsha the pasuk is adding it's a commandment on Aaron who's lighting the menorah every day to make them tilt Towards the middle, but if that's the case, here is the question. Follow, follow along. Here is the question. Let, let's go back to the pasuk. <speaking in Hebrew> when you will light the lamps, <speaking in Hebrew> towards the center of the menorah, <speaking in Hebrew> it should shine. <speaking in Hebrew> now, isn't that interesting that it says? Yairu, in the passive, it should shine. Why doesn't it say, what would have been more consistent? Baha lois when you will light the lamps, el mul penea towards the Menorah, ta'iru, you should make it, ta'ir shivasaneros. If this is, again, that the beginning says, when you will do an act, So the act should be, what kind of activity should it be? It should be an activity in which you're tilting the the, the wicks towards the middle. Why does it say, when you light the menorah, make sure it will be shining towards the middle? It's not not a passive thing, what should happen. It's more the commandment of what you should do. Again, that's only if we're going to learn like Rashi, who just now added to us a very big thing, that in addition to the construction of the menorah being initially tilted, there is an extra mitzvah to tilt the wicks. Then we have this question. If there's no mitzvah to tilt the wicks, because automatically already the lamps are burning towards the middle, then we can understand well why it doesn't say, you should make it burn towards the middle. It's just it. When you will light the menorah, it should burn towards the middle because you're not doing it. It's already done already. So again, the arachayim, by the way. Remember, let's go back to the Orachayim. The arachayim was the one that says Valois Chesaneris does not mean lighting the menorah. Valois Chesaneris means when you put the menorah's cups on, you should put them on in a way that they're tilting the middle. Oh, so he actually brings this, this nuance as a proof. He says, why doesn't it say Why does it say it should shine, not Ta'iru, you should make it shine? He says, because at the time of the activity that the Torah is speaking about is not the lighting of the menorah. The Torah is speaking about the activity of putting on, screwing on the lamps. At that time it's not burning yet. So what your act that you are doing is not making it be... When you are putting on these lamps, make sure that later, when whoever is going to light it it, shine, it, it, it will shine towards the middle. But that's very good according to the Arachai. But the Rashi that learns Baalois Ches doesn't mean screwing on the lamps. But Baalois Ches means actually igniting the menorah. And according to Rashi, we see clearly that when you light the menorah, you have to actually take every wick. In addition to the menorah being initially fashioned that way, that they're tilted towards the middle. In addition to that, you have to take every wick and and, build it and bend it over. So why does the verse say, it should burn towards the middle? Why doesn't it say, you should make it burn towards the middle? Because you're the one that's doing it. That's the question. Okay, so we asked the questions. So now, hold on for a brilliant answer. So the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, gives such an exciting answer. It's just so it got me so excited because you see what happens when someone learns Torah lishma. When someone turns Torah not for ulterior motives, but when someone learns Torah for the right way, the entire Torah is lit up, and you see things that no one else sees. You see such clarity. Such depth, such clarity, such truth so watch listen here hear, hear, hear well here is a, a very 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 and again take a little bit take a little bit of your brains I know it's 8 30 8 40 at night and some of you are yawning When Mashiach is going to come we're going to learn 18 hours a day let's get used to it now okay so now watch, watch, watch the depth of the hand. There is a general argument between Rashi and Ramban. Rashi and Achmanides. In regards to the three parashiois that the Torah speaks about Menorah. In the Torah there are three places where the Torah speaks about Menorah. The first one is in Parshas Truma where the Torah tells you about making the Menorah. The second one is in Parshas, and now, and I want to say that Parshas Truma has two parts. Truma and Tetzaveh, because Truma and Tetzaveh are both about making the Mishkan. So I'm going to call the Tetzaveh, where we're talking about, also about making olive oil and so on. Let's call that all part of place number one. That is Parshas Truma, Tetzaveh, we're talking about building a Mishkan, and over there it talks about the menorah. That's number one. Second place it speaks about making the menorah is in Parshas Emor. Where over there, it's together with the lechem upon him, together with the showbread, it's Parshas al And over there it speaks about, it says that every day Aaron should light the menorah, in the morning when he does the ketores, in the afternoon he should light the menorah, and so on and so forth. Parshas emor is the second place. The third place is right over here on Parshas Baalosa. Now Rashi, interesting. Now obviously you need some explanation. Why do you need three parshios of menorah? Same mitzvah, three parshiyos, three places. And each one is in a different chumash. What do you mean three? So carefully analyzing Rashi, you see as follows. Rashi says the first parsha, which is teruma and tzadah, is not about kindling the lamps, Rashi says. It's about the mitzvah of making a mishkan. Including in the mishkan... Is the menorah. Rashi calls it its Mysah Mishkan. It's the work of the Mishkan. The Mishkan needs vessels. One of the vessels in the Mishkan is a menorah. So it tells you about the menorah. And Rashi says, by the way, even though there it talks about lighting the menorah, it says you should get pure olive oil and so on. It's not, it's only it's only um it's only matter-of-fact. That's not really what the Torah is talking about. The Torah is talking about you should make a menorah. It's only that you're going to wonder what's the menorah for. So the Torah is telling you some details about lighting the menorah, but it's not the mitzvah of lighting the menorah at all. That's what Rashi says in Pasha's Emor. That when it says in Tetzavah you should command the Jewish people that they should bring olive oil and light the menorah and Aaron should light it in the morning to evening. All that is not the mitzvah of lighting the menorah. It's the mitzvah of making a mishkan. It's just that the Torah is telling you a little bit about the mishkan and about the usage of these various different things. So again, according to Rashi, Parsha Truma is a Parsha of Mishkan. In general. Fine. Parsha's Emor Rashi says clearly, that Parsha is Mitzvah's Hanerois. It's the Mitzvah regarding the lamps. Every day, it's a Mitzvah to light lamps. So again, if I asked you, quiz, where does the Torah speak about the Mitzvah? Of lighting lamps? You command it. You know, the Torah gives you 613 commandments. Where is the commandment to light the menorah every day? Don't give me Parsha's truma Tetzaveh. You'll give me which Parsha according to Rashi? Parsha's Emor. That's the mitzvah lighting the menorah. Fine. How about the third Parsha? Our Parsha. What's this Parsha all about? So Rashi calls this Parsha with an interesting name. Now please listen carefully. Rashi refers to this Parsha as Parsha's ha-menorah. Rashi says... Why was the Parsha of Menoira placed next to the other Parsha that we spoke about, the inauguration of the Nisim? So you see, again, with Rashi we have to be very precise. Rashi defines, he just gave you a definition. The Parsha in Baaloschah is called Parshas HaMenorah. So therefore, let's see now according to that, we have three Parshaos. A parsha of Mishkan, which the menorahs included it in, as part of the Mishkan, a mitzvah for lighting lamps. That's the second one. A parsha's of and a third parsha. It's the parsha of Menorah. The third parsha. Nachmanides disagrees with Rashi, and if you look carefully, I'm not going to go through them in a way. In fact, I'm not gonna, I don't want to. I don't want uh, 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 You know, schlep this a little long, too long. But but Nachmanides learns. That all three parshiyos are really one mitzvah. All three of them. The one in in, in Truma, the one in Emor, and the one in the one over here, it's all one mitzvah. It's all part of the one mitzvah, mitzvah sanirai, the mitzvah to light the lamps. It's all one thing. If so, why do I need three portions? So Nachmanani says each place adds details that were not mentioned earlier. The Torah slowly reveals to you this mitzvah. It gives you the main part of the mitzvah already in Parshas Tetzaveh, eh? which is the mitzvah of lighting the menorah with pure olive oil. You do it in the evening and so on and so forth until the morning. That is discussed in Parshas Tsava. Another detail is given to you in Parshas, Parshas Emor. The Ramban points out two things that are new in Parshas Emor. Two things that are new in Parshas Emor the two things that are new in parshas emor uh, i choose, i'm not going to speak the, the 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 first one cuz i don't want to distract you the second one is the main important one the main news that we get in parshas Emmer is he says that you need to always light the lamps on a menorah that means you might think it's a myth of the light lamps and even though in parshas truma it said that you have to make a menorah that's the that's the that's the uh, that, that's the um the most desirable way. Initially in the Mishkan, they made a menorah. But really, the main thing, you can take eight lamps and put them on the table. You don't need a menorah. So in Parshas Emor, the Torah is adding to you that the mitzvah of the lamps must mean on a menorah. He says, and he, and he proves it, the, the Pasuk says over there, Al ha-menorah ha on a pure menorah. So that's the main detail that it gives you in Parshas Emor. But it's all continuation to Parshas Tzavah. There's a mitzvah to light lamps. Pashas Emor adds, it's like when you uh, I was I was busy signing a lease over here the other day for for, for this place. So they, they, you have the main lease, and then you have an amendment. I think that's what they call it, an amendment. So you have the main parsha, and now we have an amendment. What's the amendment? That you should know. And I, I didn't tell you one law. It must be on a menorah. Good. That's Pashas Emor. How about Pashas Baloyscha? Amendment number two. What is that? The menorah must be, not just a menorah, you must light the meno- a menorah where it's all pointing towards the middle. That, that's, according to Ramban, that's the main thing over here. That you have a mitzvah to light, you have to light candles. But what kind of candles? I don't want you to stop lighting candles. I want you to light candles on a menorah. And not only light a candles on a menorah, I want you to light candles on a menorah in a way where the menorah or, is tilting towards the middle, the candles are burning towards the middle. That's according to the Ramban. So it's one thing called Mitzvahs Haneros. Rashi clearly says, "Nope, three distinct parshiyos. A parsha of what? A parsha of of the Mishkan. That's the first one. Parshas Emor. The second parsha is the parsha of the Neros, the Mitzvah to light the Neros. The third parsha is Parshas Hamanero. Okay. So now we have Rashi's idea." Based on this, we will see something really, really spectacular. If we're saying that our parsha is parsha of menorah, this parsha is the parsha of menorah, you right away will say, "How can you call this parsha the parsha of the menorah, parsha's bal When the main thing it speaks about, parsha's ba is not about the menorah. What is it speaking about in the beginning of parsha's bal about the mitzvah that when Aaron lights the menorah, he should light it towards, towards the middle. So it's a mitzvah of kindling. It's not a parsha. Of, we're not describing menorah over here. We're describing the mitzvah of lighting the menorah, which is he has to light the menorah when it's burning towards the middle. Especially according to Rashi, that he says that it's a mitzvah on the Koing to turn the wicks. That's the main thing that's stated in this parsha. So drop here, ready. So now listen to this point because you missed this point, you could miss the whole shit. Okay, So bear with me right now So the answer over here So you have to say That even though the commandment is commanding us About a mitzvah of lighting lamps The mitzvah of lighting the lamps towards the middle Is not about the mitzvah of lighting the lamps It's about the nature of what the menorah is In other words, the reason you have to light the lamps to the middle Is because they are going By you doing that you are going to make the menorah what the menorah really is. So this parsha is a parsha of menorah. It's not a parsha about lighting lamps. It's a parsha of menorah. It's for some reason. It's almost like to say the menorah isn't finished until we get to this parsha. That you should light the lamps towards the middle. And when you are lighting the lamps towards the middle, then you are completing the menorah to be a menorah. So it would come out according to this, before I continue further, Rashi and Nachmanides have a major argument over here. A major argument. According to, according to Nachmanides, the main parsha parasha, is a mitzvah of lamps. It's the mitzvah to light the menorah. That's, it's not the menorah. The mitzvah is lighting lamps. You have to have fires burning. Seven lamps burning every day. But this and this mitzvah that they have to burn towards the middle, the mitzvah that they have to burn towards the middle, or even this that it says in the parasha, miksha, that the menorah has to be hammered out from one piece. Even that detail, that the menorah has to be made out of it, has nothing to do with the menorah. It's what kind of lamps are you supposed to light, according to the Chamanides? What kind of nerois are you supposed to light? You have to light nerois that are on a menorah. And what type of menorah? A menorah that's made out of one piece and a menorah that's tilting towards the middle. That's according to Ramban. Comes out according to the Ramban that the hammered out menorah is only to facilitate the mitzvah of lighting candles. Your mitzvah is done properly when you have a one piece menorah. Rashi is totally opposite. Rashi is saying like this, your main objective over here is to have a menorah. There is a mitzvah to have a menorah. The fact that you're lighting the lamps, they are helping the menorah be a menorah. The fact that you're lighting the lamps towards the middle... They're helping the menorah to be a menorah. It's a total different perspective. But why? Why is it that lighting the lamps towards the middle are making the menorah be a menorah? So I'm going to squeeze your brain just for just another, for another, for another two minutes. I promise you, please give me the inspiration is coming. I see in so many that look. he's hacking me over with these details over here. We're waiting for some inspiration, Rabbi. Every week you give us inspiration. You're giving me a manoira with Rashi and Ramban. I promise you, it's coming. Have Rahmanis on me and let me. Uh, let's get this through <laughs> because this is brilliant, not my brilliance. So here's the idea. Follow, follow. You see. When you learn in Parsha Truma about making... When you learn in Parshas Truma about making the menorah out of one piece, it's Gavaldic. What does the pasuk say? I'm going to read to you the pasuk in Truma. Again, if you missed this point, then you're missing the class. So bear with me. It says you should make a menorah out of pure gold. Miksha teyosa ha-menorah. The menorah should be made out of one piece. And the Pasik emphasized Yerecha its base, Kana its main pipe, Givieha, her cups, kaftairaa her knobs, Ufracha and her flowers. Memeno all should be from one piece. So there's an emphasis, that has to be made out of one piece. But but if you if you if you if you paid attention, it was only speaking about the middle part of the menorah. The middle part is its main branch, it has cups carved out of it, it has flowers, it has knobs. All of it needs to be one piece. After that, the Pasach adds another verse. Six branches come out from one side, six branches come out from the other side. From the way the Pasach is saying it, it kind of emphasized the one piece element, that it's all one, is only the center. That's all one piece. The six branches on the two sides, even though technically Rashid the person... The verse says clearly it should come out of it. Yoytze should come out. That means you don't add them later. You don't take crazy glue, make a thing or, or meld it on or weld it on, I mean. Or weld it on through a welding process. You have to make it from one piece. But from the verses you can see, after you made the menorah, you don't have any way of seeing that these six branches are really one piece with the middle. Maybe it was welded. You don't know. You don't see it. There's nothing there Indicate The middle branch, you can see it's all one. But that's why the the, the verse says in the beginning, miksha. you should hammer the whole thing out. But when it comes to the next verse, it says three coming out of one side, three coming out of the other side. And there's nothing looking at it, there's nothing there showing you that these three, that these branches are all one piece. Especially if someone is not watching the person making it. In the end, they couldn't make it, they threw it into a fire, it made on its own. But... If someone is not there watching B'tzalel, or whoever it is making it, you have no idea that these pieces were all made out of one piece. You don't see it. Ah, so here the brilliance. So the pasik is saying, but since the menorah, really does have to be one piece. When will you see a one piece menorah? When When you light the menorah, the pasik says over here. In Parsha's Ba'aloischah, I want to give you the menorah. Now the Torah is saying, Rashi refers to it, this is the parashah of menorah. You want to know, you need to know what the menorah is. The menorah is a one-piece candelabra. How do you know that? Because when Aaron lights the menorah, he has to light it in a way that all of them are tilting towards the middle. What does that do to the viewer, to the person who's watching the menorah burning? What does he see? He sees a center middle and he sees everything is nullified towards the middle. It's all surrendered. It's all part. They're all tilting towards the middle. From the fact that the, when he's lighting the menorah, they're all being lit towards the middle. That is completing the menorah. That's making the menorah be a one-piece menorah. So the parsha over here is not a parsha about lighting lamps. The parsha of lighting lamps was stated earlier. Parsha's emar. This parsha comes to highlight the menorah. What kind of menorah do we have? A menorah that's all one. You want to see the oneness of the menorah? Wait. When you will light the menorah, you will light them all, that that they're all facing to the middle. And then your menorah will be one. And now we'll understand why the Torah (laughs) says that verse. What was the first question I started the class with? How come the Torah says, suddenly over here the mitzvah that should be one? It should be hammered out as one. Now we understand that this last verse, Pasig Dalet, according to Rashi, is clarifying the last two verses. You might think that the mitzvah lighting the menorah towards the center is about your mitzvah of lighting lamps. That the mitzvah of lamps, it's it's something to do with the person doing it. That when he lights the lamps, it should be towards the middle. That's not what it is. It's not about the, the, the lighting of it. It's about the menorah. The finished, the, the lit menorah. What kind of a menorah is it? A oh, menorah that's one. What's going to bring out and reveal and express the, the 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 intrinsic oneness of the menorah? The lighting of the lamps. How do you see that? The posik emphasizes the zem This is the work of the menorah. Mikhsha. It's all hammered out. And take a look. That's why the pasuk over here in, th- in this time in Bahalosha, when it says it should be hammered out. It doesn't give you much detail. It just says, Ab from its base, "at to, fla- to its flower. It doesn't say like it says in Truma, the flowers, the this, the that, because that doesn't want to say that. It wants to give you the emphasis, the entire thing from top to bottom is one thing. If you look in Rashi over here, Rashi says also, um, um, uh, hold on, the words Rashi uses very... Per- do. do-, 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 do. Me, me, uh, Pircha, Adyarecha, Pircha Rashi says, "Kloimar, Gufa shel Menorah. The body of the Menorah, Kula, entirely. The Cholat and everything that's dependent on it. The entire Menorah is a one-piece Menorah. And again, that oneness of the Menorah is only seen after you light it. The lighting of the lamps towards the middle brings the Menorah together for the Menorah to be a Menorah. This will also answer the other question. How come it doesn't say, what was the question we asked if the mitzvah is for the Kohen to light each one and tilt the wicks towards the middle, how come it doesn't say, Ya'iru? It doesn't say, Ta'ir, you should do it. It says, El Mulpanea Menorah, towards the center of the menorah, Ya'iru, they should shine. Shouldn't we be emphasizing the act of doing it? When you light the menorah, tilt them all towards the middle? That's the mitzvah? No, it says, Ya'iru, they should shine now we understand why because the main idea over here is the Torah is not speaking of the mitzvah of lighting the main objective over here is not the mitzvah of lighting, the main objective is the effect what kind of an effect is it going to have what's the effect? the effect is that that, we, that they're all gonna shine towards the middle so the menorah is gonna be a one a one carved out menorah and that's by the way also where Rashi gives the reason why they all have to shine towards the middle Rashi says you shouldn't say That he needs That God needs the light That Hashem needs light Hashem doesn't need it That's why If you spread out All the lamps going in different directions Like over here If you look at the roof We have lights And and, and it's made in a way That they're moving in different directions A little shining here Shining over there Shining over there So the menorah is not that way Because they're all towards the middle Showing it minimizes the light But from that You also see the same idea By lighting the menorah In a certain way It will tell you about what the menorah itself is about. It tells you about the menorah. That the menorah is not here as a a candelabra to give light. It has a spiritual meaning. Not to give light. God doesn't need the light. So you see that the way you're lighting it is defining the menorah. But now we're left only with one last question. The last question is when Rashi says at the beginning that why is this Parsha connected to, um, to the story of the Nisim, the of the princes bringing their karbonis. And Rashi says the reason is that Hashem is comforting Aaron and is telling him that your zechus is greater than them. Your merit is greater because you're going to light the menorah. If we're going to say that this parsha that we're saying now is not the parsha of lighting the menorah, it's not the mitzvah of Neirah, it's just the parsha of the menorah itself, then what's, what seems like Rashi doesn't, is, 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 is chas v'shalom seems like Rashi's off. Because why are you putting me the parsha of the menorah here? You should put me the parsha of mitzvah of lighting the menorah. Because what we're saying now is that even the mitzvah of lighting the, the menorah over here is not about the mitzvah of lighting the lamps, but about making the menorah. But that's not the issue over here. The idea is Aaron is lacking in a mitzvah in, in the karbonus, in the offering on the mizbeach, and Hashem is comforting him with another mitzvah, that his mitzvah is greater. But if we think about it, it's really, really, it, 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 this is precisely the point. Why is it precisely the point? Because when we look at at, um, at 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 Rashi's explanation, and you see Nachmanides, Ramban objects to Rashi, and he says. Aaron feels really bad that he didn't get a chance to, 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 to do, to participate in those special inaugural sacrifices. And Hashem comforts him, you're going to do the menorah. So the Ramban says, well, why is Aaron feeling bad? Those very days that the, that the Nesim were offering the, the their offerings, first of all, it was Aaron the one that was doing all the officiating and doing the actual offering of them. But even more than that, he says, there were so many other Kurbanos that were offered on those very 12, first 12 days of the Mishkan. So why is Hashem has to come on and comfort him with something else with the menorah when he himself is doing so many more karbonah on the itself so it is explained elsewhere um, in another one of, of the Lubavitcher Rebbe's talks but he makes reference to it over here and again a brilliant brilliant answer and explanation he says Hashem is not comforting Aaron with the fact that he's that he's lighting a menorah that he's doing a bigger mitzvah you see what was bothering Aaron? What, Aaron knew that he is the main player over here, that he's doing most of the services in the temple, in the Beis Amigdosh. It was bothering Aaron that he couldn't participate in what's called the Hanukkah. The Hanukkah means you're, 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 you're empowering the, the Mishkan to be a Mishkan. You're giving it like. Hanukkah actually comes from the word educating, Educating. like you educate a child when you bring a child to school in the beginning you're empowering him to be a learner to be someone who's going to spend his life growing so it takes a certain effort at the beginning of his of his of, of the of a person's education to excite him you give him extra candies you give him extra things to make him into a vessel that's the idea that's not give hanukkah and Aaron felt that even though he was doing the work, he wasn't part of the completion of the Mishkan in making the Hanukkah, in, 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 in making the Mishkan into a Mishkan. So on that, Hashem answers him, not that he has a mitzvah of doing the menorah. Hashem is answering they, the the the, the, Nisim, the other tribes, they are inaugurating the Mizbeach. And that's true. You're not inaugurating the Mizbeach. For so you have a special inauguration. You are inaugurating the Menorah. You're being Machanach the Menorah. You're making the Menorah a Menorah. So now it makes perfect sense. Why Dafka? It's the parsha of the Menorah. It's not the mitzvah of nairs. How technically does he inaugurate the menorah by doing the Avedah in the menorah every morning and every night for 12, those first 12 days, whatever it was. That was the inauguration of the menorah. He was Mechanach the menorah. By the way, the Archaim HaKadosh says something similar to this. He says that every day throughout, since the menorah is disassembled, so every day it's a new sa menorah. But even if we don't say that, as we spoke earlier, the actual idea of him making the menorah is making the menorah, so it's Tavka the parsha sa menorah. And that makes very perfect sense Why Dafka, this detail is mentioned Which detail? That you should light the menorah towards the center Because that's actually what completes the menorah And being a menorah That's the idea over here So what is the spiritual significance over here? So the spiritual significance over here Comes out as follows According to this we have a major argument We all agree that what? That when we light the menorah We have to light the menorah Where all the lamps are burning towards the middle The question is, in which direction are we going? According to Nachmanides, the reason the menorah is is one chunk, miksha it's all a hammered-out menorah, and this, that the menorah, is all so that that you can light lamps. The main objective is lighting the seven individual lamps. That's the objective. As we said earlier, What kind of lamps do they have to be? They have to be on a menorah. And not only do they have to be on a menorah, they have to be on a a one-piece menorah. So what's the purpose? The purpose is the mitzvah of lighting the lamps. Remember Nachman he says, all three portions of the Torah are all about the commandment to light the lamps. According to Rashi, it's the total opposite direction. Even the mitzvah of lighting the lamps and lighting them towards the middle is so that the menorah will be a one-piece menorah. It's all about the menorah, not about the lamps. And even the detail and the commandment of Aaron lighting the lamps in a specific way, they too, is not about the lamps. It's in order to make the menorah be a menorah that is explicitly expressing the idea that it's one menorah. So what does this tell us about life? Two approaches, two very important approaches. Who is the menorah? Neir Hashem nishmas Adam. The soul of man is a lamp. Every neshama is a lamp in this world to illuminate the world. These lamps are initially one ball of gold. Why? Because all of our souls are one soul. There is no many souls. We all, are, we all originate as an indivisible piece of God. And therefore all neshamas are one entity. There is no different Beginning of the, altar, the 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 the... The Shneir Zalman of Liadi says in Tanya, he speaks about our neshamas, he says, Kulon Perik Lamed a very important chapter to learn many times. Kulan mas imois all neshamas are exactly even. av echad Kulana, and we all have one father. And all souls are completely unified. You can't have a bigger soul, a smaller soul, we're all one. That's in our original, original quintessential source. Our souls are all one. That's the, and that's expressed in the idea that the menorah is mikshah, it's hammered from one piece. But then the menorah comes out into full expression. And when the menorah comes out into full expression, there are seven individual lamps. As explained in Hasidic Hasidic discourses, seven lamps represent the individual service of each individual Jew. The Jewish people are divided into seven general modes of service connected to the seven spherot, the seven attributes. Seven divine attributes, seven types of souls. Some neshamas, their main service and main contribution is chesed, kindness. Other neshamas, they're here in this world to fight battles. They're mainly about discipline. And other ones are mainly about submission. And others are about regality and royalty. Influence with speech and so forth and so on. These are neshamas, each Nisham is different. Now really the seven, but the idea that they break, that they're divided into seven really means that later they become divided into a, the, 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 the 600,000 souls because this that every nishama is different is a combination of the spherot. every nishama represents a unique combination of various different attributes so it really, the origins are the seven but from the seven they're blended into the gazillion different types of souls that there are so the seven lamps individually represent you as an individual, your unique contribution that only you can do, no other person can do in the world, is you and you, your godly light that you need to shine on the world. You're an eshamah, you're a piece of God, but you're, ex- you're uniquely carved and shaped in a way that no other person has ever been shaped. And as a Jew, you're a major expressor of divine light in this world, in your own way that only you can do. Your own mitzvahs, your own unique personality that make you you. Now comes the Kohen. What's the job of the Kohen? That's the Tzaddik. That's the Rebbe. That's the... And what's his job? His job is to fire up the souls. We fall asleep on the job. We forget that we're beautiful souls. We're godly beings. Sometimes we think we're nothing more than our body, than physical, than a, than a sack of, 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 of physical flesh. Bones and flesh. Sometimes we forget... We think our life is about eating and drinking and having a physical material good time and we forget that we're here. God needs us in this world. Hashem sent us to illuminate, to shine, to give, to show of the Ebershter's beauty in this world. So we need a tzaddik. So the Zohar says that Aaron Cohen, who is really the source of every tzaddik, of every Rebbe, whose main intention is to fire up the Jewish people, inflame them in their service, the Zoyar says that he's called Shoshvinah de Matrenissa. He is the one who brings the bride towards the groom. He carries the Kala towards the Chasson. That means Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who brings God to the world. By bringing Torah to the world, he's called the escort of the groom. Aaron is called the escort of the bride. Every day Aaron flames, brings out our beauty, our light of each individual Jew. The idea that all the the lamps need, when you light the menorah, it needs to shine towards the middle means that when you ignite, when you're ignited, when you're serving Hashem as an individual Jew, when you are being you in the most beautiful way you can be you, and you do what no other person can do and make your beautiful contribution, you cannot do that as an independent being, that you have your thing. It doesn't work that way. You're part of one menorah. And yet your light has to shine towards the middle. That means that even, you have to be very cognizant of your individuality, but at the same time you have to realize that the main being of who you are is one idea. You are, a, you are the menorah of God in this world and you're here to serve your Creator. I'm here to serve my Creator. And that I share with all other billion souls that there are, millions of souls all of the millions of souls of the Jewish people throughout all the generations. I share a common denominator. The common, the deepest point is all the same. We're all here for a singular mission to serve our Creator. What that service is, every person is different. is unique and special. But that must be sensed in your service. It's not chas If you're doing your own thing and you're you're about yourself and about you and about what you are, then you're losing touch with the singular unity, which is God. Which that's the whole point of it—to bring Hashem into the world. Hashem's unity has to shine through our individuality, through our uniqueness. But we, as when our own ignites our souls, and when we approach, when we get excited to do what we need to do as a Jew, shine towards the middle. Appreciate that you're not you, as you, you're you, as all millions of Jews being expressing their godliness through you. But we're all focused towards one thing. We're all unified as one, because we're all served. My service might be very different than yours, but at the core we're the same because we're all serving Hashem. It might be so different. That's the meaning that all of them have to be towards the middle. Now that concept, that all of them have to create one menorah can be appreciated on two levels. Rashi's appreciation of it or Nachmanini's appreciation of it. What do we mean by that? The way the unity, the way the unity and the individuality, the singular and the multiplicity of, of our beings are joined together, the way they connect can be in two opposite modes. There is the simple mode and there is the deeper mode. Rashi stays on the simple plane. The reason why Rashi stays on the simple plane? Because Rashi wrote his Pirush for five year old children. Rashi says that. I wrote my Pirush for a Ben Chamish Lamikra for a five year old. So Rashi tries to stay as literal, as simple as possible. Therefore, when you learn Rashi, you know that Rashi is like speaking on the more surface level. Ramban Nachmanides includes in his service very deep secrets. He says it. In his pirush. He says in the beginning in his introduction that I've included in my book Deep Secrets. He writes Kabbalistic secrets all the time. So Nachmanides takes a more, a deeper, more esoteric approach. So on the simple level, as we approach our Judaism and our service to Hashem and our individuality versus our oneness, how does it work? According to Rashi, the main objective and the purpose is one menorah. That means... What's the purpose of our own lighting, kindling our lamps, igniting your soul? Igniting your soul is to elevate you. To elevate you out of you being you, and me being me, and all of us being enmeshed in our stupidities. But we should be ignited and focused towards God. And when we all focus towards God, that unifies us together, and all the Jewish people become unified as one, and we transcend all differences, and we are one entity, one with God. So suddenly from the many becomes one. And, what is, and in a sense, what does that do to the world? It lifts the world up to that unity because Jews are lifted into the unity. So all the separate different things that every Jew does as an individual all comes together. The purpose is that singular indivisibly, indivisibility that comes about as a result of all of us shining towards the middle. I might be doing an act of tzedakah over here, but my head is towards the middle. I'm doing it because I'm surrendered to God. I'm doing what God wants me to do. And you're doing whatever you're doing. You might be studying, and this guy is, 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 is in deep meditative prayer. Everybody's doing something else, but we're all serving one God. And what's sensed in our service is that oneness. So we transcend all the differences and turn into one. And that's the purpose. So the reason why, again, in, the reason why we have to put all the fires towards the center is so that we can create one menorah. We can all be one essence. Expressing the essence of the un of the oneness of God. That's according to Rashi. <laughs> Nachmanides is on a step deeper. Nachmanides already is already involved with the Hasidic idea. The purpose is not just that we melt into God. The purpose is that God wants to have a home in this world. What's the nature and character of this world? Time and space. The nature and character of the world is. Individualism. Everything in the world is its own character. There's no two flowers that are alike. Each flower is unique. There's no two snowflakes that are alike. Take a look at the snowflakes. They're gorgeous. They're beautiful. Each one with their own design. The beauty of the world is its multifacetedness. And what's the whole purpose? According to Hasidus, the deeper understanding is that God's singular essence should come down and dwell in the time and space and all the multifaceted aspects of creation. Therefore, according to Nachman, it's the opposite. The oneness of the menorah is so that you should be able to fulfill the mitzvah lighting each individual lamp. In other words, the point of it here is the individual lamps burning. Every single human being, every single Jew doing his own unique thing. And what? But who's doing it? Jews who are all rooted in one. So that that oneness is drawn down and reflected in our lights that we're shining in the world. So the question is, what's the objective? Is the objective to transcend all of our differences and be swept up in that singular essence of God that transcends the world? That's the approach of the spiritualists. From all the generations, the approach always was to get beyond, to get, to free ourselves from the shackles of time and space and to melt into that oneness. So Rashi sees that as the the objective. Nachmanides, however, is, has a, is coming from the deeper Hasidic perspective. The purpose is not transcendence into that oneness. The purpose is that that oneness should come down and manifest. God ultimately wants to rest in this world. So the purpose is that the oneness of the menorah should support a 7 candelabra menorah. And that each menorah's light shines in its own beauty, reflecting at its core the essence of oneness... But drawing that down into the individual differences of each and every single one of us. And that is the ultimate menorah, and that's the ultimate light. Two approaches, both of them absolutely true. Question is, what's our emphasis? May we merit very soon to see the lighting of the menorah in the Holy Temple and to experience this, this uh, to experience the mitzvah, not just reading it in the parasha, but actually feeling our unification as we all come together every day When the high priest will light it in the third base on Migdash. Both to feel our, as we all become suctioned into absolute oneness, and then we should be able to take that absolute oneness and shine it, each and every one of us, in our own unique, beautiful light that is unique to your soul and to your particular expression of God's ultimate truth. And we merit to see that now. And on no the mountain, hello, 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 Leo Irene.